Well, hello. How's it going? Oh, you know, just peachy. Just living the dream. <laughs> oh, man, it's been a bit since I've been up here. I think there's maybe four people here that have ever heard me speak before. Oh, it's on YouTube. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh, man, that was 10 years ago. What? It was a good word. All right, apparently it was a good word. I don't really remember it, to be honest. Um, apparently it was really impactful. Um, well, hi. <laughs> Again, uh, for those of you guys that don't know me, I'm Bobby. Uh, just a little bit about me. Um, born and raised here in this church. Um, blessing. <laughs> uh, these two people here, I'll claim them as my parents. What? It's better than I won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you guys are amazing parents. <laughs> she gave me a mug that says I got it from my mama. It's, I think it's funny. That's fine. Anyways, I was born and raised here, uh, grew up in the church, um, Come the end of high school, um, fun little thing. I was first planning to do um, go right into college. I was going to double major in chemistry and forensic science. Um, I was accepted down there, and then my parents were like, hey, there's this discipleship program, ministry school, that maybe you should go. Like, All right. And honestly, at the time, I'm like, this is a way to get far away from here. And it was, it's 36 hours away. So that was a really long drive. I recommend doing it in segments. It's pretty brutal if you try and go straight through. <laughs> um, but out there is where I first really started choosing to live, um, live for God, uh, to actually make it my own. Because um, a lot of times when you're born and raised in the church, it's not really a choice. It's kind of a choice, but it isn't. But it is, but it isn't. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. That's good. <laughs> um, but what, what else was pretty cool is um, while I was out in California learning a whole bunch of awesome stuff, it was also when I started to figure out that there's a there's this thing called like a healing process where you get free of things and you know there's all these wounds that you don't really know because they're in here or in here you know in today's society at least growing up that's not any anything that you would ever talk about um i love the church now you know back then it was still a little bit more traditional where you just didn't really bring things up at least in my eyes, I didn't. I chose not to. Um, so that was a pretty fun experience. Um, well, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> not really fun dealing with your junk. Um, but then, anyway, I spent two years out there, and then I was back here for the summer, and... <laughs> 
it was a really interesting time because it was one of those where I had to decide whether or not I was moving back here or staying out there because um, I ended up getting accepted to a university out there. Um, but I still remember where I was. I was painting now the Bradway's Laugh and Learn Center. I was painting the fence over there. Um, Grandma used to own it. And I was painting and just listening to worship music. And finally, I'm like, Lord, can you just tell me? Like, should I stay or should I go? And I just heard, you need to move home. All right, if you say so. So, <laughs> yeah, obviously Pastor Shar wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so move back because God said so. And, um... And then I just decided to go kind of do my own thing, mainly because, like, I think education is really fun. I think school is really fun. I'm one of those really weird ones that I enjoy homework. I enjoy, I don't know, I'm weird. It's all right. I've accepted it. Um, <laughs> so I just, I dove right into school, um, Got a degree in psychology, which I think is one of the the most intriguing things in the world. And in that whole process, there was finally this moment of, all right, I can't run from what God has called me to do. So I'm not going to deny that I'm going to be in ministry. So I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Oh, man. Fun stuff. Okay. So, no, let's not do that. Let's just go right into it. So, one thing that I, I personally really, really love is I love freedom and freedom as a whole. Oh, Aunt Tammy. <laughs> oh, I love you. Oh, that's hilarious. Also, hello to the Keeler kids. Now, apparently, they're watching, so hello. Um, but freedom is something that I absolutely love. Um, I love advocating for mental health, but I want to say the real mental health, um, which is not the mainstream idea of mental health, which is, you know, coddling and, you know, all, as the Cajuns would say, oh, ta-ta. It's... <laughs> you're fine, it's okay, and here's a bandage, and you're okay just staying where you're at. You're okay with this mentality. Oh, that's so weird. You're, you're okay living with this wound, essentially. But that's actually not the truth. Um, when I worked for a public school, I worked in the counseling office, um, kind of as an assistant or whatever, and the counselor said something that was actually quite profound. She's like, when you break your arm, don't you go into the doctor to get it fixed? Like, yeah. She's like, so why don't we treat mental health the same way? Like, oh, that's a really good point. So in other words, I love mental health in getting people free and getting people the ability to live in the fullness that God has for them. That is my desire. That is my goal. And I absolutely love it. 
Um, there, honestly, there's nothing like um, sitting down with somebody, whether it's in counseling or sozos or whatever it might be, and just watching them become free, watching them give things to God, watching them get this, those little light bulb moments of like, oh, you know what? That's not true about me. I, I thought I was unworthy because that's what these people were portraying, but that's just a lie. That was a perception that I had. So it's so fun. I, I think it's a blast. Um, but not many people, or not many people, some people don't enjoy that, which is okay because, you know, we're the body of Christ and God has given us all gifts and given us passions so that way we can equip the entire body. You know, that's why we have business people. That's why we have evangelists. That why, that's why we have prophets. That's why we have teachers because we need everyone within the body of Christ. You know, so, so if, if you feel like you want to serve God, don't think ministry, quote-unquote, full-time ministry, is where it's at. Ask God. Honestly, ask God. There's some really incredible uh, men and women of God that are in the marketplace, that are in the schools, that are in the health system, and we need them. Like, my goodness, we need them can't change the world from standing up here. Just saying. You know, what does the Bible talk about? You know, God has given evangelists, pastors, teachers, all those, the five things. <laughs> I, I know the five, but just when you're, yeah, anyways. But why did he give those gifts? For the equipping of the saints. Because when there's a multitude of us, we can go out and we can conquer the area for Christ, which is just so cool. Because what else is really cool is God has created us uniquely, you know, not just in the giftings and all that kind of stuff, but he's created us uniquely so then that way we can fit into a certain part of the world. So, for example, we have some coffee shop owners here. Roots. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Um, God has placed them there to be an impact to that population. So if, if they would try and say, be, um, I don't know, managers at Walmart, it wouldn't work they'd be trying to operate in someone else's calling and someone else's gifting. You know, uh, one, some examples that I absolutely love is Mr. Matthias. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> outdoors, loves the outdoors, loves fishing, hunting, loves all of that in the farming industry. When God has placed him there, there's people there that need to be reached. 
So don't ever think that where you're at is not good enough. Don't ever think where you're at is not good enough. So, anyways. So we're going to start getting into the message here. <laughs> Those are all, as Pastor Shower would say, freebies. <laughs> Anyways, so as I said a couple times, I love freedom. I love freedom. Do you, do you believe that freedom is for you? Sorry, I'm not entering into a counseling session, but we are. That's fine. <laughs> Sometimes that's a hard question. You know, I think those were some of the hardest things that I had to do is personally, I had to be honest with myself in asking things like, do I believe God loves me? You know, there was moments in my life where I, if when I was real with myself, I would say no. Because that's my perception. And that's just where I was at. But do you believe freedom is for you? Do you think freedom is possible for you, for us? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, man. But I know this is a huge shocker, but the biggest stumbling block is our thoughts. You know, <clears throat> it's not God. It's our thoughts. And that, that can be a, a variety of different things. It can be, you know, teachings that we had. It could be things that were spoken over us. Um, it could be little things. Like, I remember um, one, actually, this, is, this isn't funny, but funny. Whatever, it's fine. Um, so growing up, I was an emotional child. Um, and I, I would cry quite a bit. Am I correct on that? I remember crying anyways. And then I got to fifth grade and I still remember, um, something had happened, um, between me and some other kid. Of course, you know, we're kids. So being stupid, um, where we had to go and talk to the teacher and he was kind of correcting us, like, that's not okay, and so I started tearing up and whatnot. Um, and then the other kid went away, and the teacher's like, you know, it's not okay to be a crybaby. And immediately, I like, the tears just stopped, sunk back in, and I'd, I don't think I cried again until after high school. So little lies like that can sneak in when we don't know it. Um, and sadly, it can be from when we're little. And it could be from the most innocent thing. I know he was trying to help. Now I do. <laughs> Back then, that wasn't the case. Not, not at all. Um, but I really liked him as a teacher. 
That's that's a weird thing. Anyways, <laughs> but I know he was trying to help, but the way just wasn't correct. You know, so the you know how the Bible talks about uh, for we not did not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against yeah, you guys know it. So even in, in those cases, we don't know people's motivations when we're interacting with them, and we don't know where they're at. We don't know what their day has been, you know. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's different direction. Not going that way. All right, so freedom. Getting back to it. Yes. Biggest stumbling blocks is our thoughts. And as... I was preparing this little nugget that God kind of dropped. He's like, you know, freedom is meant to be a lifestyle. It's not meant to be a moment. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't moments of freedom. Um, how many of you guys have ever experienced moments of freedom? All right, five people. <laughs> <laughs> we got some work to do, people. <laughs> um, yeah, so moments of freedom do happen. You know, there's incredible things, obviously, counseling. There's, you know, sozos. There's um, just random interactions. Um, and it's all amazing. However, what I find is that people have become so focused on these moments on these tools that they forget that freedom is something that is meant for the individual. So it's not this point in time. It's this thing that affects the person so that way they can live in that freedom and live in that lifestyle. Now we do have tools you know, to help us through difficult situations, um, difficult times. Um, I know for a fact there's been moments in my life where I'm like, God is so far away from me, I can't hear a single peep. I think he's still there because the Bible says so. You know, for the Bible tells me so. You know. <laughs> exactly. So... Those things are great. You know, those moments, we do need to reach out. You know, it's okay to reach out. It's okay to get help. It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means you need a helping hand. You know. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty fun, pretty fun, pretty fun. Yeah. So, getting to the Bible, because that's makes this legal... Also, I cheated and I put bookmarks because Lord knows I wouldn't find one scripture. We're going to go to Galatians 5.1. You know, it's so funny. Like, it's, it's so true how the Bible is the living word. And it's absolutely hilarious because I say that and, you know, I've taught people and, you know, told people that it's the living word. And that when you read it, you can get new stuff out of it and whatnot every time you read it. 
That's very true because I was reading it again and I'm like, wow, it means that? It's still the same words, but I don't know. <laughs> All right. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So that's a pretty powerful verse. And that's just the start of a chapter. So you know the rest of it's pretty dynamite. Um, so I started looking at the verse itself and doing the awesome things that um, Nancy teaches during studying the Bible and where you're actually breaking things down and looking into the Greek and all that amazing stuff because there is a lot more meaning behind it when you start breaking things down and looking at it in that sense. So I encourage you to do that. By the way, tomorrow morning, 8.30 starts studying Ephesians upstairs. It's going to be, as the kids would say, it's going to be lit. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. I just know they say it. <laughs> okay, really side story. So it's really fun embarrassing people, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> I just find humor in it. Um, I don't ever demean people. I'll just say that. But this morning, uh, I went through Cabin Coffee, and uh, Mr. Colton was working. <laughs> and I decided to try out all of my young, hip lingo. <laughs> he literally looked at me. He said, you're too old to be saying that. Like, oh, dang it. Like, well, only 30. <laughs> so thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, so breaking down the scripture. Um, yeah, perfect segue. Um, I started breaking it down and looking at it and diving into the Greek. If you want a really easy way to do that, uh, there's a tool online called Blue Letter Bible. And you can go to a specific verse and you can actually you can look at entire chapters, but then you can pull it up and you can click on each phrase or word and it'll tell you the meanings in Greek. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah. So looking at the first part, uh, the very first part, it is for freedom, um, which I find is awesome because it tells us um, what was given to us, which is, looking at the Greek, uh, liberty to do or omit things, having no relationship to salvation. So it's just simply living a, a free life. Funny, that's what the word is. Um, but it goes even further to explain how true freedom is living as we should, not as we please. So when we're looking at that word in Greek, it, it breaks it down to different meanings um, and whatnot. And so liberty to do or omit things, having no relationship to salvation, but then taking it a step further, it, it means true liberty or true freedom is actually living as we should and not as we please. You know, so not giving into the temptations of flesh, but choosing to look to 
read this guy, the handy dandy guide for life, and be able to balance what life should look like. Then continuing on, the second free um, is signifying to liberate or deliver from the dominion of sin. That's pretty powerful. So literally what I envision there is like these two kingdoms battling and whatnot. And before Christ died, the unfortunate thing is that there was a lot of people that were living in the kingdom of darkness because they didn't have a choice. But Christ died, and he, when he died, he literally marched into that kingdom, planted his flag, and was like, nope, not anymore. Now they can choose me. That whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. In other words, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so the point of a lifestyle of freedom is going a little bit further beyond, again, into that verse, in the whole, now stand firm. In other words, to persevere. Again, I was a runner, was a runner. God delivered me from that. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm really funny. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So I was a runner, and we would have to persevere through our body wanting to say, this is stupid. Why are we continuing to go? I hurt. So you would have to persevere, which, if you guys didn't know, the sport cross country is, I would say, 70% mental and 30% physical, which sounds really weird, but... It really is when it's 80 degrees out and you have to run 3.1 miles and you're already not feeling good because of the heat and you're way behind further than you normally are. And so you're running with a defeatist <laughs> mentality and then you run even worse and sometimes you pass out. But <laughs> luckily that never happened to me. <laughs> Did you know that we had to sign a concussion waiver for cross country? And I didn't realize why until we ran in Shell Lake and we ran down this hill like this and then you turn like this and if you didn't turn, you ran into a tree. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I basically walked down the hill, but the tree was like this. So anyways, wow, persevere. So living in freedom, living a lifestyle is free, in freedom is persevering. It's taking that moment of freedom and persevering or I don't know, like, taking the shield of faith? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the shield of faith and persevering with the freedom that was given to us and blocking off the attacks of the enemy. 
So, holy bananas. Now I understand why you guys don't get through your sermons. <laughs> so let's see if we can fly through these because it's already that time. Um, so, again, as I was thinking about freedom and as I was looking at that verse and what a lifestyle of, of freedom looks like, I found that there's, not I found, God showed me that there was five uh, important factors to live a lifestyle of freedom. The first, and I personally, I think it's in this order that it should be done. But if you think I'm wrong, you're wrong. (laughs) I told you I'm really funny. (laughs) So the first, I think, is extremely important is community. What community are you in? Did you receive freedom, say, from alcohol, and you still choose to go with your friends Friday nights out to the bars? Well, might not be the smartest choice. In all honesty, it, if you are delivered from something, don't be around things that could trigger you. And the real trigger, not the what the younger kids say, or as some kids would say, I'm so triggered right now. <laughs> um, but let's let's. Think of it this way. So when I was in California, they, they talked about um, being a part of the ministry team. And um, they had fairly strict um, rules to be on the ministry team. And they didn't allow anybody that was addicted to nicotine on the ministry team. And I thought it was kind of harsh. So I'm like, but, you know, there are some people that are addicted to nicotine or smoking. And they're incredible men and women of God and, you know, God moves powerfully through them. They're like, yeah, that's true. But what happens when Joe Schmo feels the, the pressure of the spirit to get delivered from his uh, smoking addiction and they go up to that person and they smell like smoke, smell like cigarettes. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, so in this, we want to make sure in in our pursuant of a lifestyle of freedom, we need to make sure we're around the right people. You know, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And some people would say, well, why? Well, we're still impressionable. You know, you're around something long enough, those traits can be picked up. 
you know, have you ever noticed how when two people become friends, all of a sudden one person starts, you know, saying things a certain way? Or after two people get married, suddenly a sense of humor kind of changes or, you know, maybe they pick up a little um, niche like, I don't know, maybe one person would always shrug for fun. Like, hey, what's going on? Mm. Well, the next thing you know, the spouse is randomly doing it. Well, it's because they picked up each other's characteristics. They picked up each other's little habits. Um, and it's just from being around each other. So being around bad company corrupts good character. So on the flip side, what does good, what would good company bring? Good character. You guys pass. Congratulations. Um, <clears throat> so good company can bring forth good character. So let's just say that there's some things where you're like, I'm not super happy with where I'm at in life, and I don't know what to do about it first. Well, first and foremost, I would say take a look at your friend group. Well, who do you spend your most, most of your time with? You know, are you... Are you anxious? If you're anxious and you don't want to be anxious anymore, there's some behaviors that can actually heighten anxiety. And one is gossip. So if you're around people who gossip a lot, chances are you might pick up a little bit of anxiety. Why? Because when there's a bunch of gossip always happening, well, then suddenly you become afraid that other people are gossiping about you. So you're trying to overthink, okay, I can't do this, I can't say this, because if I do, well, then this person will be talking about me because I said this, but then if I say that, then that person, but then if I go here, you know, it's just this huge slippery slope, so obviously, you know, you don't want that. Well, I don't. You guys can choose for yourself. You don't want that. There. You don't want that. So the hard thing is, honestly, sometimes if we want to better ourselves, sadly, sometimes we have to let go of some friends. It's sad. Now, that doesn't mean we can't reach them. But let's start flipping the script. So instead of spending 70% of your time with that crowd and 30% of the time with uh, good-minded people, just flip the, flip the script. Not saying excommunicate people, not at all. That's actually kind of mean. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> so spend less time with them and spend more time with people that are level-headed, that are like-minded, living the lifestyle that you want to live. Because first, the reason why community, in my mind, is first, is because if there's some people that 
portray the life that we want to live, when we go around those kind of people, well, then we will start picking up on their traits, on their habits. So if I really like Mike and really like his life and how, you know, their marriage is perfect, no problems at all, <laughs> and I want to have a good marriage, well, I'll start spending more time with Mike. Not to get anything, but just because he's a cool guy, you know. And next thing I know, you know, we'll start talking about different things. And then Mike's like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, Mike and, or your Mike. Sarah and I, you know, got to go on date night or get to go on date night. Not have to. <laughs> That's a bad perspective. <laughs> we get to go on date night. And next thing you know, for me, I'm like, wait a minute, date night. That's a good idea. So then you ask why, and, you know, then you pick up a trait, a habit, because it's working well for them, and then you can implement it into your life. My goodness, time flies when you're up here. It's crazy. So just to rifle off some... Um, Proverbs, which is like breaking open the Christian Chinese fortune cookie. <laughs> See, I didn't lie. I'm funny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you got... <laughs> oh, man. So we got Proverbs 22, 24, and 25, which says, Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you lean his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Picking up their habits. Proverbs 27, 17, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Proverbs 13.20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I don't know about you guys, but I, I chuckle every time it talks about fools in the Bible. Uh, it just makes me chuckle. Because that means there are fools out there. And it, I don't know why that makes me chuckle, but it does. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So that's first. So community, good. We need good community. We need positive community to be around. We need that iron sharpening iron. And we'll get a little bit more into why. Second, and I'll explain why this is below community, but daily time with God. And I... This is why I have it after community. Because sometimes we really have no idea where to start. We want to increase our daily time with God. And sometimes that can be really hard. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but sometimes you get really distracted and really just caught up in life. I know that's all excuses. But when we 
fix our community and people who spend time with God daily and have an incredible habit that way, well, then when we're getting close to them and we are picking up those little habits, they can start, you'll start hearing and seeing little uh, tips and tricks that help them. Well, then you can start trying to implement them in your life and figure out what kind of works for, for you. Because ultimately, it's a habit that you have to create. And it does require, oh my goodness, I forget which number it is because I've heard both, but we'll shoot for the higher number because just to be safe, 40 days to create a habit. So 40 days of doing something continuously, repetitively, it takes that long to, to get that in your life. So when we first and foremost are surrounded by people who know and believe that spending time with God is a good thing and something that we need to do, how much easier is it going to be to create that habit in our life than spending more time with people who think that God is nice on Sunday. So again, that's, that's my reasoning on, on putting that, you know, okay, you guys get it. You guys are smart. You're intelligent. You understand what I'm saying. Um, which is, you know, spending time with God daily is fairly obvious. You know, we do talk about it um, in pretty much any class that we have, um, how it's important. It's talked about a lot, you know, from up here and how we need to get closer to God. Um, so I hope you guys understand that that's a good thing. Okay, good. At least Sarah does. <laughs> um, But daily time with God brings us to that place where in the Bible it says, my sheep know my voice. And how many of you guys can be in a store? I've heard this said before. This isn't mine. So, <laughs> How many of you guys have ever been in a store with, say, your parents and you're a couple aisles away? And suddenly you realize that you're not next to your parents. And so you just kind of listen and you hear a voice and you're like, oh, there's mom. And you just can go and find her because you know their voice. Or <laughs> sometimes it's even a sneeze that you can recognize or a laugh, you know, because you're so familiar with them. So the more time you spend with God, the better uh, you are at hearing his voice and recognizing his voice. So what's really cool there is then at any point of the day, when we're not familiar, but when we are really close with God, we can just be like, all right, Lord, what do I need to do? It just in a drop of a hat. You know, we don't need to go into a closet, turn off all the lights, put on instrumental music and, you know, lay on the floor to hear his voice. 
we can just be out in public and maybe at Walmart or Marketplace or wherever, and you see a person, you're like, Lord, what do they need? And you can, at the drop of a hat, you can hear him. You can hear what he wants to do. So there's that plus. Then there's also, this is probably my favorite verse um, because it helps not stress about life. Uh, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be given. Oh, hey. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, before that, it, it talks about um, why, are you, why are you stressing about all of these things, about having clothes, about having food? Um, oh, boy, I hope it's the same verse. Same. Even the mice in the fields know that, or the birds in the sky know that there's, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know why my brain went to mice. Even the birds in the sky like know that there's food for them, know that he will supply for them. So it's like, oh, so if I seek first his kingdom, if I seek first him, all things will be given to me. All things that I need, you know, not that Ferrari. (laughs) That clock is the devil. Um, so this is just a little fair warning as well. Um, spending time with God and spending time in prayer and in worship is amazing, but you need this. You need the Bible. You need to become familiar with the Bible. You need to know what it says. Why? Because we as humans can hear wrong. Sometimes, or I was, I was told there's three voices that we can hear. There's the enemy, there's God, and then there's ourself. So sometimes we hear a different voice that sounds pleasant, but it's actually not God. But this gives us a reference guide to what he would say. So if, if you hear something and it contradicts this, you are wrong. Just point blank, to be honest. Like, if this does not line up with what you are hearing God say, you need to tell that voice to shut up. <laughs> so, yeah. And I say that that's a must because I, I'm reminding myself as well. You know, I, I don't want to, I, I can't just rely on, um, you know, just a, a communication. You know, I can't just rely on that relationship. I need to also keep this because um, it talks about, you know, writing the truths on the tablet of our heart in somewhere in the Bible. I think I have the verse somewhere on here. So it's important to have that as well. (laughs) And it is a promise. 
God straight up promised it. In Jeremiah 29, 13, seek me and you will find me. Uh, that's a pretty good promise. Oh my goodness, let's just go on to the next one. So number three. Humility. And again, a little explanation why this is next, because first and foremost, you have your community people, the ones that kind of help um, show examples in the natural, you know, what the life that you want to look like is. Um, you developed a close relationship with God by spending time with him daily. You know his word because you're studying it out and you're actually getting it inside of you. And then you have humility, understanding that you do not know everything. And the really fun thing about humility is that when we bring people into our lives, they can help us stay humble. So that, again, another reason why we need that community. We need that good community in our lives. We need to be immersed in that. And if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I don't even know where to start with community, get involved in a cell group. Honestly, it's the easiest way to do it. Group of 10 or so people, all desiring God's best. I'd say that's like a cheat code. <laughs> But yes, humility. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say humility, honestly, is something that people miss a lot. Um, in the aspect of um, a lot of times people aren't willing to recognize the stuff that's inside of them, maybe bad habits or whatever. Um, <laughs> it, a good example, it's so funny. So I coach, uh, I'm an assistant varsity coach for volleyball. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll, we'll, tell, we'll tell a girl, your toss was way back or you hit the ball way behind you. They're like, no, I didn't. If you're not going to admit you did something wrong, I can't help you. Like, my goodness. It cracks me up, and it's frustrating. Um, but when we have that community, and we, when we begin to form relationships with people, um, with people that we trust and trust very highly, then we can start giving people permission to speak into our lives. And that in and of itself is is quite humbling. Being like, yes, I trust you. If you see something that I'm doing that is like I need to stop, just just say something. You know, because when you trust them and they come up and you're like, hey, I know you didn't mean this, but here's how it came across. Like, whoops, I'll change that or I'll correct that. And correcting it sometimes meaning you have to clean up a mess. So humbling yourself into sometimes apologizing to people um, for how something came across. 
um, which in and of itself can be very uncomfortable, but it is the right thing to do. And what is freedom again? Doing what we should, not what we please. So, and then remember the whole iron sharpening iron. Well, it's not something that's super soft. It's hard surface running across hard surface. So sometimes, which is creating friction, so there is the opportunity to get offended and whatnot in that. But if you truly desire the iron sharpening iron thing, this thing bothers me, my goodness. Um, and you have to be okay with uncomfortable. So, and the unfortunate thing, so a little fun thing about um, offense is the world keeps on living. And when you live in offense, the world moves on, but you don't. Right. So just a little fun little nugget about offense. Yeah. Fence can bring a whole lot of things. You know what's really, really cool? So in studying psychology, oh my goodness. In studying psychology, um, <laughs> I, I had to write papers and whatnot. Um, and in one aspect, I had to write a paper about um, the relationship between Christianity or the biblical worldview and psychology. And as I was studying psychology and um, all of the theories and like ones that still hold true today, um, some of the old ones are kind of funky. Um, but as I was studying all those, I'm like, wait a minute, this sounds really familiar. That sounds really familiar. What is going on here? And I started seeing this correlation where it's like this hand-in-hand relationship between the two. It's It's almost like you know, Christianity, the creator of the world understands how people operate and people are now finally studying and understanding that God knows how people operate. <laughs> like there's genuine studies and they're saying that it's this huge revelatory thing um, about forgiveness now. I'm like, dude, this is like, old news like read your bible it talks about forgiveness so you know, that's pretty fun um yeah so humility it, it, it's it's important um iron sharpening iron uh next sorry we're just trying to make it through now at this point um plowing through Number four, uh, self-awareness. Now, this is referring to the taking captive every thought. But it goes a little bit beyond thoughts, just thoughts, but it's also choices. Um, and understanding that there's a choice in everything that we do. Um, one... One thing that kind of sticks in the back of my head, um, Wendy Muska, who's a licensed therapist, came and spoke to the staff um, about 
things. Um, oh man, that was a while ago. A while ago. And uh, one thing that she said was there's two two ways essentially to um, a discussion or a situation. You can either react or you can respond. Reacting is based upon your emotions and what you what pleases you and responding is what you should do. So by that I mean you're say you're working as a cashier, you're scanning things and something scans incorrectly and it comes up a higher price. And of course we all all know what typically happens next. Hey, that's supposed to be cheaper. That's supposed to be down here. You know, why are you trying to steal all my money? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Lady, I just work here. I don't deal with the computers. Well, we have two options. Well, one will get you fired. Um, <laughs> we can react. And even sometimes reacting is sarcasm. You know, anything that would be demeaning in that sense, um, I definitely am guilty of it. When you work in retail for a long time, sometimes you don't take captive every thought. <laughs> That's not a permission to do it, but <laughs> um, but you can give them attitude back and tell them off, or you can take a quick second and pause, be like, okay, maybe this person has had a terrible day Maybe their car broke down on the way here, so they're just in this grumpy mood. All right, different perspective. Okay. I'm sorry, ma'am. You know, let me just call back real quick, and we'll get it worked out and get it all figured out. A little bit more calming, loving way to respond instead of reacting out of emotion. Um, so that's just something that's always lived back there. Um, Self-awareness, also admitting that we need help um, when it's needed. Um, accepting help when others bring it up. Um, and then there's <laughs> people like me um, who have a really bad habit of just running with things. So <laughs> I didn't realize that I did this until I was uh, working, again, at that public school with the counselor. And... She, she was telling somebody else, she's like, I would give you a task and you would just take it and you would run. You wouldn't really ask questions. You would just go. You would go, go, go. I'm like, well, yeah, like being a self-starter and just running with things. She's like, that's great, but sometimes you need to have your course corrected just a little bit. So by that, I mean, sometimes I would hear hear God for a moment. It's like, okay, yep, this is what God is doing. All right, I understand the assignment. Now let's just run. Well, instead, let's have a continuous conversation while we're going and doing it. And then God's like, hey, hold on. Now let's take a step to the left and now keep walking. You know, so self-awareness, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's like, for me, it's like, you know, I haven't, asked God about this, maybe I should ask him before I just pull the trigger. Maybe it's buying a car. Maybe it's, 
um, buying land. Maybe it's a new job. Um, because it makes sense. You know, it's a great deal. Or it's the pay I want. Or it's the hours I want. Well, instead of doing something that makes sense, being self-aware and being like, all right, nope, let's, let's ask God because we have this like tight relationship and I understand that he wants the best for me. In John 15, 4 and 5, um, it's a great reminder um, where it talks about he is the vine and we are the branch. And when we remain in him, we will bear much fruit. And as I was actually reviewing, I almost said this morning, as I was reviewing this um, tonight, um, it kind of popped out at me, the word much. Because I'm like, wait a minute, much. That means he's showing us that there is the abundance of life where we could have a, a decent life when we do things on our own, but it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to be, you're not going to get nearly as much fruit doing it on your own. I thought that was pretty cool. And then also with the self-awareness, it's also being teachable. Being teachable, because again, we don't know everything. And the moment we say that we do know everything is the moment we know nothing. And moving on to number five, we have pass it on. Why? Because we are a community. We are the body of Christ. When we experience freedom, when we get this revelation of how to live and operate in, a, in freedom, we can't keep it for ourselves. Right. Again, God created the body of Christ so we can all help each other. It's not only for us. Philippians 2, I am skipping all over. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who being in very nature as God, of God, because he was God, <laughs> did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made him, himself 
nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Verse eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So again, through that humility, it's all about people. It's all about turning the focus from inward to outward. I'm reading a book right now. Um, I absolutely love it. It's called The, the God-Shaped Brain, something like that. Anyways, I love it. It's it <laughs> geeky side of me. It talks about neuroscience and it talks about um, all of like the connections in the brain and how, you know, there's all of these awesome things that happen. Um, and it lines up with the word of God, which is <laughs> shocking. Um, but he talks about the love of Christ and how it truly is an unconditional love. And then he, he goes on to explain what unconditional love is, which is self-sacrificing. And the perfect depiction of that is Christ. So as we are loving others, obviously we'll never reach perfection. We'll never reach the level of Christ. But it's viewing our community, it's viewing each other, it's viewing your neighbor through that love that Christ had. Yeah. I like that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. It's so funny how when we begin, not begin to, when we continue to focus on other people, how problems seem to just fall away. I know it sounds really, really weird, but it's true. Because a focus isn't inward. The focus is outward. Not saying we don't work on ourselves. You know, if you got a fence, you got to deal with it still. But, yeah. Is that good? Yeah. 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 So I don't know where you guys are at tonight. Whether you guys are trying to figure out what freedom even looks like for you. Or if you've experienced moments of freedom and you just need God to breathe as to what to do next. I don't know where you guys are at. That's up to you and God. But, oh my God, can you play? Thanks.
But there is freedom. Freedom is available for each and every one of us, if we so choose it. We can't live free if we still hold on to old mentalities, old thoughts. So let's just close our eyes real quick. I know it's getting late. Holy Spirit, we just invite you here tonight. Holy Spirit, we invite you here tonight to come and search us. Come and search our heart, Lord. Holy Spirit, if there's any, any mentality, any thought patterns that we need to release, bring them to the surface. Reveal them to us. Now, Holy Spirit, What do we need to do with this? What is the next step? Do we need to talk to somebody? Do we need to forgive somebody? What is it, Lord? Spirit, is there, reveal to us if there's anybody in our lives that we need to forgive so we can continue to live in a lifestyle of freedom. And if you want, we're just gonna forgive and release them right now. So you can say it under your breath or in your head, whatever. Whatever works for you, whatever you're comfortable with. But Lord, I choose today to forgive and you fill in the blank. for making me feel however they made you feel. Now, Lord, I choose to release them to you. Spirit, come and fill me up. 
every part. stand if there's people of the ministry team come on up if you feel like there's some freedom that you'd like to see take place in your life don't leave without the opportunity to to see that to see that happen tonight it is possible. God wants it for you. Yeah. But Lord, we just thank you for what you are doing. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that you have for us. We thank you for what you did on the cross to give us the ability to live in the freedom that you have designed for us, that you have in store for us, Lord. Holy Spirit, continue to, to lead and guide us and point us where we need to go. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to bring correction, to refocus us. of Christ says amen thank you guys if again if you want prayer feel free to come on up it doesn't need to just be for freedom for anything come on up otherwise have a great night